All right, so welcome to the very first episode of the Sixers Bobby podcast. My name is, unsurprisingly, Bobby, and, and this very first episode will be devoted to, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers and a season preview as such. We're going to go through the um, the off-season stuff because, as usual, a lot happens with this team, um, but I'm not going to be doing that. On my own, I am joined by Ben Glasspool, who runs the 76ers UK fan page on Twitter. So, Ben, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well. Um, how about yourself? Not bad. Not bad. Excited that the Philadelphia 76ers are playing basketball tonight. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be enraging for sure, but it's <laughs> definitely going to be fun. Definitely going to be fun. Listen, the one, the one thing that perhaps from this absolutely crazy year has given us is we haven't had much time to sulk and feel too down about the mess that was last season. We can at least, yeah. um, we can at least get on with this season. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, I think with, with the last season, we, we, the writing was on the wall before we even crashed out. So I think everyone sort of mentally prepared for the worst anyway. Yeah. So, well, when, when you think about in many respects, we were mentally out of the playoffs before. <laughs> yeah. when you think about when me and you last spoke which was uh, i don't think that far off of this time last year they're out if we were to go back and listen to that podcast again i think we would cringe at our expectations oh, there, there are some disgraceful takes there's me <laughs> lauding the al horford trade <laughs> there's I, I mean, I, I don't think there's quite, uh, there's not so much blind expectation, but there was also, I think, me potentially trying to argue that the team we had last year was better than the one we had the season before with Butler and Redick. Um, so th- those are just the two of the, the the just pure shocking takes that were were on show that evening. Yeah, let's be real, Ben. We we wasn't alone in this, okay? This wasn't just oh, the no. 76ers <laughs> fan base that was hyping the Sixers up. You listen to it any of the NBA sort of major, major podcasts. They all, they all said it's the Bucks or the Sixers um, mm. that last season, but it wasn't to be. It was ugly. It was, it was fucking awful, <laughs> if we're going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm glad to have seen it, see it in the, in the rearview mirror. And, and we turn our attentions to this season, but we'll quickly gloss over the off season because it was as, as per a very, very busy one. The first thing that happened was obviously we, we waved goodbye to Brett Brown um, and of course now we have Doc Rivers so what's your thoughts on that are you happy with Doc are are you happy to see that Brett Brown's not our coach going into the new season I think you know it was the right move but happy to see Brett go I don't think that's uh, perhaps the best way of saying it I mean it was definitely time for him to leave but it's going to be weird not having I think someone pointed out on Twitter the other day it's going to be weird not seeing him on the touchline tonight the touchline, the, the sideline, whatever you want to call it. I think I'm using a bit of a football yeah, term we're, there. We're but, Brits. You know. we're Brits. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, you know, he did a lot for the franchise, but he ran his course. And we got dark, and I think that's about as good as we could expect to get. You know, I think before, what, what, you know, when we're looking for the vacants, did put a video up on the YouTube channel, and I did a deep dive into, I want to say, about nine or so candidates. And, you know, Sod's Law, of course, I didn't mention Doc Rivers in it because it was almost out of the blue. But at the same time, it was better than the candidates I did review. I mean, I, I personally wanted Dave Yeager or Ty Lu, And we've ended up with Yeager as an assistant, which, of course, I'm chuffed with. And yeah. Ty Lu and Doc, I think, uh, are on a similar sort of level. I mean, there's, 
you can't really pick between the two guys if you were offered them. So I think we just hit the jackpot, really. I think from the rhetoric, Doc is, is speaking. Um, he seems very high on the team. Um, I mean, it would be bizarre if he was speaking anything different. But, you know, he's, he's coming off really well in the media. Um, look, yeah, we know about the 3-1 losses. But the thing is, is that at the start of last season, people were touting him as one of the top three coaches in the league alongside Spo and um, Pop and Carlisle. And basketball and sport in general is fickle. And one from one moment, you can be the best coach in the league and the other, you can be the worst. By no means is Doc the best coach in the league. But people are, his, his stock has gone down. He's got something to prove. And all it takes is for him to, you know, work his stuff, which, he, you know, he undoubtedly has the ability to to turn it around for us. And once he does, then perceptions change. And, I, you know, I'm completely behind the guy. I'm behind the appointment. I think for once the organization has got it right. And I just have no complaints. And I guess I'm full of reserved optimism after last year, but optimism nonetheless. Yeah, it's definitely a case of kind of, you know, being excited, but also not being too excited after last season. But I, yeah. I, I completely agree with you that, listen, it, it seemed like a, a, a two-horse race. Then it became a one-horse race with Mike D'Antoni. It seemed to be his job to lose. And then, obviously, Doc just was fired and hired in what was, what, what 48 hours, I think it was, or something it crazy was, like that. Yeah. Um, And I agree, like, he has got something to prove because, obviously, last season looks like a mess for the Clippers. Everyone's blaming everyone. Um, but I think for the Sixers, what we needed was we didn't need to do a Toronto Raptors, right? We didn't need to. We didn't have a and it's not not digging out Brett Brown, but we didn't have that. You know, they had you know look at um, Raptors. They had Dwayne Casey, wasn't it, for years, and something wasn't right. Yeah. So then they went down the route of well, let's look at a younger coach with new ideas um, to see if he can bring 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 them forward. Whereas for us, I felt it, we didn't need to do that. We didn't. You know, we had some assistance, as you say. You did a deep dive into perhaps some younger candidates that might have come in and um, and done a great job. Um, but I think personally, we just need someone to come in that was gonna. You know, we heard that word banded around, didn't we? All summer accountability, um, and that's what I think Doc Rivers will bring in spades. I don't think that anybody, any NBA basketball player, would disrespect Doc, except for maybe Paul George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't get me started on PG. <laughs> Actually, you know, what? I will get started on PG. I'm going to have to just put me put it out there. Um, he, in his interview, he came out and said, "Oh, he tried to use me as JJ Redick or Ray Allen, and he didn't put him in pick and rolls." This is a, this is statistically true. He got put in more pick and rolls under Doc than he had in. I'm not sure mm. how many of his previous seasons. So, you know, we talk about accountability, and it's time that PG13 was a bit accountable for his actions because what he's been saying lately is pathetic. But I just need to get that out of the way. We're, he doesn't do that, though, ben. We'll... He doesn't do that. Paul George <laughs> will never blame himself. He will look at – there could be 20,000 people in that arena. He'll find someone in there that's, you know, he, he can blame. It's um. It's just it's just pathetic. You know, Doc didn't make him hit the side of the backboard. Um, But that's not our problem, is it? We've got to we – gotta, we got our own issues to focus on, but you know, I think you know you hit the nail on the head with again the stuff relating to Doc. And this is for the first time in a while we've got a coach who players want to play for, um, yeah. and I think that's a crucial difference. I mean, look, you know, the, the people like the the Lakers and the Celtics, they're always going to have an edge in terms of attracting players because they're the Lakers and the Celtics. But it's all about these little marginal gains you can get that you know people want to play for your culture or your coach. Or because the players you have, and don't get me wrong, we have the, the the players, but no one wanted to play under Brett Brown. It's not that he was a bad guy; it's just he's not a name. People want to play under the big names, and Doc is that. And 
look, we haven't signed anyone too huge in terms of name. Well, I guess Curry is a big name, but it's not the, quite the one you're thinking of. But, you know, we brought him in and I think that's just a great start. And I do think there's we got him because of there's a, you know, there's a link between uh, Seth Curry and Doc Rivers. And yeah. I th- it's just little things like that, which perhaps will go unappreciated until until you really start to take, again, a deep dive into what's happening at the, this organization. And it's just a lot more positives than bad. Yeah. And I mean, we'll obviously talk about another um, gentleman that joined the, the front office shortly, but it just felt like a breath of fresh air instantly. It just suddenly felt like, oh, oh, we're actually capable now of speaking to the media properly. The players are saying the right things. I know it's preseason optimism. We heard it all before, but it just felt like suddenly we went from being, you know, I was disillusioned with the Sixers. It, it just felt like such a mess, not just from Brett Brown, but the whole organisation felt like a mess. And it was never, never coming close to a championship the way it was set up. Just by a few personnel changes, it just feels better that Doc Rivers isn't as you say he isn't the world's best coach in the NBA but he is well respected throughout the whole league he's a great man he's a good coach and I just think you can just see everybody the optimism is in is going in the right trend rather than blind high expectations it's more just I feel like I got more faith in the way things are set up at the minute yeah and I think you know we'll touch upon the the other big appointment in a in a, in a moment yeah. but I it, it feels almost like a, a a partial rebuild, not the full-blown one that you're seeing going on in OKC or, or anything. It's just, it's an organisational rebuild. I mean, there are still, of course, that need to leave the organisation and be replaced. But in two of the key spots, we've addressed an issue and we've sorted it, and that's completely changed the complexion of the place to the point where players now, more players want to now come play here. You know, NBA analysts, and experts i say experts in uh quotation marks but they they seem to be higher they seem to be higher on the sixes um there's more belief from the fans and this is a very cynical fan base so we're not going to pretend that you know we're suddenly a great team we, you know we what, what we say we mean and it definitely seems as if there's been a, a restructure a rebuild um almost and yeah it's you know it's just a breath of fresh air yeah i think i think they realized that not just the players on the court win you a championship. You know, you see it with the Miami Heat this year. When an when an organisation is organised and doing their job properly, that goes a long, long way as well. Not just the personnel on the court. So, good moves. And all right, well let's let's talk about it. Daryl Morey came in, kind of left the Rockets again. It was another whirlwind thing. Um, now normally it's kind of I know he's not the GM, but come on, he's the GM. Yeah. Um, Normally it's the GM, then the coach, but I believe that they've worked together before. I think Doc and Daryl, um, not Daryl, sorry. Yeah, Doc and, Doc and Daryl. Um, I think they know each other and I think they respect each other. So that was kind of an easier decision. But obviously huge, huge news for the Sixers getting Daryl Morey in. We obviously saw it. Things happen immediately because he doesn't know how to work slowly. You must be happy with, with, that, with that development. Yeah, I mean, since he's come in, it's just been... A- just fan, he's just done fantastically well. He kind of, I don't think he could have done any better than what he what he's done already. I think there's initial scepticism solely because naturally you're programmed to think he's going to do almost a copy and paste on the Houston Rockets, which was an unfair yeah. perception to have. He's not going to turn us into small ball. He's not going to trade Embiid. He's not going to trade Simmons. And the immediate assurance that he gave us that he's not going to trade either of these two filled me with you know a lot of confidence. I don't want to trade them. Um, 
he then made got rid of the Horford deal and we thought we might have to move heaven and earth to get him off the books you know maybe young young assets a whole host of picks it was you know Horford uh, some uh, one first rounder one second rounder I believe yep uh, th- you know I'll, I'll part with that that's fine and then with the, the Seth Curry trade Josh Richardson I did like I thought you know in an ideal world if we could have curry and richardson i think they'd both do very well for this this team but it was a trade that was mutually beneficial everyone seemed to you know get what they want out of it and i'm very excited to see seth curry play and i'm sure you got i mean it'll just be nice to see someone shoot who who can shoot above 40 percent from three because we haven't had that since jj and that's going to be that's going to be fantastic um but the you know the, the the draft night as well and look by no means am i a draft expert i didn't watch tyrese maxi uh, in Kentucky, but just from what I know about Kentucky as an organization, you know they had they had Tyler Hero. You know mm. we don't need to say much about him. He he's shown what he can do um, in the playoffs. Just gone. There, well, he's the Michael Jordan there. to the Miami Heat fans, isn't he? So. Well, yeah, apparently so. Apparently <laughs> he's not he's not worth trading for James Harden, but you know it's a whole different conversation. But you know that's a very good program, and when you're thought of that highly, and you know, I think. It was the number two option was either him or Emmanuel quickly, who's now the next uh, part of an organization like that. You learn a lot of good habits. And I think in terms of his play style as well, from what I can hear defensively solid three point shot just needs a bit more consistency, but there's something there already back at playmaker to Ben, just take a bit of the pressure off of him. That seems to tickle the boxes. Isaiah Joe shooter, Paul Reed. I can't say I know much about the guy, but how heavily he'll feature remains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's an argument to be had that if you're rating how Maury's done so far, I don't think you could go below a nine. I, I, I genuinely, I mean, you never like giving out tens because that seems a bit almost a bit ridiculous, but you're hard pressed to nine, like a nine at the very least. No, no, I agree. He's, what I liked is he came in and for all intents and purposes, I, I was absolutely buzzing at the at the appointment but I was also a little bit like oh I hope like you say I hope he doesn't just gut this team to try and get back to the Rockets 2.0 or whatever I, but he didn't and what he said was I'm not panicking like this I'm we've got to get better this season we've got to get this fit for for Joel and Ben sorted and like you say he did it he did it really really well we managed to get off of one of the most toxic contracts in the NBA um now you never want to give away players and picks but this was a toxic contract we had to do that and I think he's done it as lighter than everyone expected we got away with it in my opinion and not only did we get a player back you know we didn't get junk back you know that's what everyone was expecting yeah. and it's you know for our Horford it was we're going to give away you know players and picks and it's just going to be dreadful you not only got a player back but a player back that fits the team is on an expiring deal helps us financially going on in the future he did all that in like a week's work like and as you say it wasn't people were going oh well, more is you know well, that's one of ben or joe he's going to split them up that's going to happen it's going to be this it's going to be that he hasn't he's preached patience with this team he said this team that starts this season isn't necessarily going to be the team that finishes the season we're still tweaking things we're still working things out and for me i just instantly felt confidence in him that whatever decision he makes i believe it's the right decision for the team yeah uh, yeah and just to piggyback off what you were saying with regards to the Horford deal you know i, d- I didn't really touch upon you know getting green and ferguson back like you said a huge coup mm. um green you know is he the same shooter that we saw in san antonio no but he's he's won two titles in a row now um and he's played with some of the best players 
like Tim Duncan, like LeBron James. You know, he's no slouch, and he'll bring something to this team, not just on the court, but off the court in terms of the experience he has. And Terrace Ferguson, well, he started a fair few games for OKC. And again, he's not a bad player. He's really good defensively. If he can just create a consistent jump shot, we've got him on a deal. Uh, well, I think he's only on a one. He's, only got, he's on an expiring as well, but yeah, it's, a low, so, yeah. it's a cheap deal. And if he, if he, you know, this is typically when you're in that sort of part of your contract, you start playing better, which, you know, just to get paid a bit more. But that bodes well for us. And similarly with the green one, he'll get off the books. And if we still think he can offer something, maybe we can give him a deal. I don't know, three years, fifteen million. Um, after this season, if we think he can still contribute something to this team, so yeah, he's just done fantastically well financially speaking with the contracts he's brought in, with how it sets up the future, with regards to our cap, and just in and more most importantly with regards to how our team lines up this coming season. Yeah, yeah, the, the moves haven't suddenly made us the the best team in the NBA. Like we all know that, we can all see that. It's you know we're not sitting here as Sixers fans going, well those moves have put us over the top. Good luck to the rest of the league but it's just and I've also read a few comments that oh well you know all Daryl's done is managed to reset us back to how we were with Dario and Covington and whilst that is true in terms of fit I think this team is better than that team back then don't you oh 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 yeah absolutely and I think you know I touched on it briefly with with uh Danny Green not not a few moments ago but it's Mm -hmm. it's just different mentality Cov and Dario and JJ and Bellinelli and McConnell and all that. They were fun guys. They yep. brought a lot to the team in terms of energy. The fans loved them, et cetera. But, you know, Cove is, uh, he wasn't quite the experienced head that Danny Green is. Dario is, he's not Tobias Harris, that's for sure. I mean, for, people can pick faults with Tobias. And I do think he's one to watch out for this season, on, you know, under Doc, back with the guy who got him playing his best basketball. JJ and Seth. Um, I mean, I think Seth Curry is better than JJ. Uh, I think the fact that he can do a bit more playmaking as well bodes well for us. He can play the point. Um, so, you know, when I think that's a very lazy comparison when people make that because this team is, is definitely better. And off the court, and probably indeed off the court, not to call the, the other guys bad guys in terms of how they, you know, how they conducted themselves, but it was just, you know, just what these guys bring. Like I said, particularly Danny Green, that experience, that title experience is, it can't be underplayed how important someone like that is. No, and like, again, I know it's it's only words, but just listening to Danny Green speak, I loved it. I loved hearing him. I loved, you could hear that experience coming through and that's going to really help guys like Joel and Ben that people have questioned their mentality before. Do they have that mental still to go on and win a championship? Well, having players around you that have done, been there and done it can only help in my opinion. And going back to the comment about, oh, this team's gone back to how it was a few years ago. Well, that team was fucking good. <laughs> that team was still good. Yeah, we were yeah. third in the East in that first season with those two playing together and and the other pieces and you know we were beaten by a well-organized and better Boston team in the end but that team was good and if this team is better then I don't see how that's a bad thing in my opinion I can't see how it's a knock on the Sixers oh it's it's not at all I mean this team just looks the part looks better than what we had last season and the season before we'll have to see about that Uh, but you know when we had Covington it's definitely a better team and one guy you know the forgotten man almost is Dwight Dwight Howard um I always forget about him that we that he's on the Sixers and it's it's still kind of a bit mental that Dwight Howard is on the Sixers uh, but it's going to be interesting again, isn't he it? brings yeah he brings that title experience but he brings a different level of experience that you know there was a period of time when he was you know an MVP caliber player where he 
you know, admittedly the era was a di- bit different, but I think he can teach Joel a thing or two. Um, th- having that healthy bit of arrogance, but also having that humility as well. Because I do think Dwight has been humble last season, um, and he realised the importance of working well for the team. But also, as a former number one option, he can offer just some serious. Because he did get to the finals with the uh, with the Magic. There's yeah. He's got something to offer as a role player, but also in terms of the experience he has as a number one option. So it's just been fantastic. I'm not sure what else what, what else I can say. No, and the good news is is that if Dwight Howard goes back to being old, kind of arrogant Dwight Howard that doesn't want to help the team, he hasn't cost the team. You know, he's not a backup that's cost us a hundred million dollars. Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's cost us nothing. So it's. I think it was well worth the Rick. I think he's going to, you know, apparently him and Joe are already good friends. And so I think it brings brings good things to the team. So so before we go, what we're going to do today is obviously we're going to go through the first half of the schedule because that came out last week. And we'll see where we're at in terms of our expectations game by game of that schedule. But before we do that, and perhaps maybe we should maybe we should have done this afterwards. But what are your expectations for this team this season? What? What is, I know it's very hard. I know it's very hard at this time of the season, especially when a team is, has had so many changes as it has as the Sixers has this this off season. But what, what, how are you looking at it right now? What, what do you want from this season? Um, I, I just want a clear indication that we're progressing. Um, look, I don't, you know, we all want to win a title, but it's not going to happen this year. Um, obviously, I hope it does, but I don't think it will. But what we want is progression. If we can get past the second round, you know, get over that sort of seemingly inability to actually overcome the second round that'd be great but even if we don't get past the second round if we see that we've established ourselves as a hard team to beat that we've got an identity um because we never had that under brett i mean i'm not sure what our play style was under brett but if we can you know establish ourselves with an identity that'd be great if we can have the young players improving if we have ben and joel improve perhaps individual accolades would be nice you know because you know i think both joel and ben whilst it might be speculative, they should be thinking, I could, we could both get Defensive Player of the Year or we could both be candidates for it and we could both be candidates for MVP. I mean, that is a bit of an outlandish thought, but you've got to, if you're alpha players like they are, you've got to be thinking that. So mm-hmm. individual accolades would obviously be nice, but this is all about winning and winning championships. But I think, like I said, it just has to be clear signs of progression that at the end of this season, regardless, you know, if we go out in the second round, we go out in the conference finals, go out in the finals, I want to finish it thinking, look, it's been a good season. We can push on. A few tweaks need to be made here and there, perhaps a trade or two. But we're in an upward trajectory rather than what we've had last season where we keep going down. Yeah, it's I, be- I think... No, yeah, go sorry. on. Yeah, it's, um, I, I totally agree. I think, listen, if this team is garbage and it's still not working, then I think they'll probably split one of the two stars up. So... I, I'm the same as you. I don't have an expectation. You know, yes, it'd be nice to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, it would you know, it'd be nice to make the finals. Yes, of course, it would be wonderful to win a title. But I think for this season, as you say, if this clicks and this team's fun and you just think, as you say, just a tweak here and there and this team's going to could potentially win a title, that's great. I That's all I want. I, I want to see from this season that this team is fun to watch again. They enjoy playing with each other and that Joel and Ben prove once and for all that they can play together we know they can we've seen it people seem to forget that we've seen it when it when the fit was better how good those two were together so 
it it is almost like I just want to see us go back to that team that were a few years ago, fun but better coached with better players, and and with Eddie there. Yeah, I, I think you know you hit the nail on the head with the Ben and Joel thing. People people like to perpetuate the narrative that they can't play together. And are their play styles completely compatible? Well, no. But when you look at the advanced stats, it shows that on and off the the on off numbers when they're playing together, they are statistically speaking one of the best combos in the league but you know people at espn or people at fox sports they'll tell you otherwise because they want to perpetuate a story where you know trade rumors are are fueled um just you know for clicks and all that and i do think what frustrates me the most about the people that say that ben and joel need to be traded are the people that don't watch the sixes i think Mm -hmm. i think there seems to be almost unanimity amongst Sixer fans, the people that watch every game. They're like, yeah, we don't, they're not the problem. They haven't been the problem as a duo. It's been other things. We, the, the people around them, the coach, whatever else. And the people that want them to be traded are the ones that just don't watch, don't, don't watch Sixers regularly. So, you know, I, I am completely behind the two of them. And like you said, if it doesn't work, we, we may have to make a few moves, but they're both young guys that, you know, People at their age don't often win their first title as, you know, the leading men on a team for, well, they just don't win it at that age normally. So you're looking at a few, few years down the line when they've done more development, when their game's a bit more refined, that you can properly put them under a microscope. But, you know, until then, let's just let's just calm down, ride it out and see what happens. Yeah, you you put players around them that work. They finished third in their first season together. Like, let's not forget that. What was it? I know we had an angel cake schedule at the end of that season, but we went certain like what sixteen and one at the end of that that season that year. Something ridiculous. Around. If you put five players on the court who want to occupy the same part of said court, it was never going to work. And somehow, yes, Ben and Joel had they have to take some of the blames. The mentality wasn't right. But I mean, would you want to be out there when you you physically? every single player on that court wanted to occupy the same bloody space. It was never going to work. And of course, Ben and Joel being the, the stars of the team got the brunt of the blame. But this is the season for me. You know, as I said, if it, if it doesn't work, then you look at trading them. But I, I've got good feelings that it will. And I think so are the coaches, so is the front office, so is everyone, because otherwise one of those players would have been moved this summer. Oh, summer. This <laughs> one month yeah. off season or whatever it was that we had yeah. this winter. Um. I was actually just going to go straight on to the um, to the schedule, but of course there is a bit of an elephant in the room right now of a certain trade, of a certain superstar, of yeah. a certain Houston Rockets team, and we are very very much a team that is involved. Um, I mean this was, this is just a wild situation that I just can't believe we're in right now. Just the way things are going. Philadelphia appears, I mean, this is all media talk, but obviously I, I'm sure he's talking to his agent who's leaking this to the media. Philadelphia appears to be, right now, his most, quotes, likely destination. What's your thoughts? I know, I know I've seen your tweets online and you're very much, and same as us, and I think any sane Sixers fan, we don't trade Ben for him right yep. now. Are um, you still with that stance? Yeah, I, I'm desperate to sink my te- teeth into this subject so yeah you're, you're hitting the nail <laughs> on the head I'm absolutely I don't trade Ben for James Harden I'm gonna you know before I really get, dig into this I'm gonna say firstly yes James Harden is a player than better player than Ben Simmons 
But James Harden has three years left of his prime, let's say three, four years. Um, so, so, so let's let's think if he comes to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. OK, so we got Harden and Embiid in the East. Is that better than Kyrie and KD? I don't know. Probably not. If it is, is it better than LeBron and AD? No, probably not. So that's one year done, two years left of Harden as, you know, as the James Harden as we know him. Say Embiid gets injured, then that's one season just gone to waste. Say, and then it comes to the final season. Say James Harden then becomes desperate because he's, I think he's come to the point of his career when he's just, des- he's ring chasing, and understandably so. And when you're ring chasing, that means you get a bit erratic with your movements and with what you want. He might even request a trade. He requests a trade, he leaves. We then look at Ben Simmons in Houston, who is now, what, 26, 27? He's into his prime. Who knows? Maybe he's got a jump shot. But all I know is he's definitely better than the Ben Simmons we know today. So we've traded Ben Simmons for three years of James Harden, one nothing. And Embiid's on his own. This we, don't, we just don't have anything in terms of, you know, any future. And I just don't think it's worth the risk. Essentially, it boils down to... If you want to trade for James Harden, you have to be 100% sure that in the next three years you are going to win a title. I don't think we can guarantee. There's no possible way you can guarantee that. I think it's better if you wait out with Ben and Joel, who both have so much development to do. Ben Simmons is already an all-star. He's an all-NBA player and an all-NBA defense-level player. He's 24, and there's so much more to come from him. He's a jump shot away from being probably, what, top five player in the league? And he's unstoppable at what he does already. Add that jump shot, you know, it's game over, see you later, and we can really go far with the guy. It's... And I think, you know, James Harden, if we could find a way of getting him without giving up Ben and Joel, yeah, absolutely go for it. But I don't think that's possible. So we just got to accept the situation for what it is, move on, because our duo of Simmons and Embiid in the long run is better than having three years of James Harden. Similarly, when you look at the age of the superstars, KD, you know, he's past 30. Kyra, I believe, is past 30. By the time Embiid and Simmons enter their prime, KD and all that will be a bit past it. So will LeBron. And then you're looking at a whole different dynamic to the league. You're looking at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You're looking at Giannis. You're looking at Jokic and Murray. And say everyone develops as we th- as we assume they're going to. You'd back the Sixers against all of those teams. Of course, it's going to be a tight one, but you'd back them nonetheless. So when you look at the, that window versus the, the hypothetical window you got with Harden and Embiid, I'm taking the format with Simmons and Embiid down the line. Uh, that, that's the run over, but that has been a real... It's a real t- like I get really annoyed and I don't don't get me wrong I enjoy the debate and I completely understand people's opinions on it but I think when you take a step back and properly analyze and look into the ramifications of a potential trade there's only one real correct answer in my opinion. Yeah and listen it's it is you're absolutely right because no one is denying that James Harden is a better player than Ben Simmons but I think what the only thing that I would say about it is, is as you say, none of these teams that James is being linked with, whether it's Miami, whether it's Nets, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's whether it's us, either one they want a superstar and they want some and Drew Holiday amount of picks back, <laughs> right? God. None of these teams are going to do that for James Harden, not because they don't think he's a good enough player, but because, as you say, the Sixers trade away Ben, we get James Harden. Harden and Embiid, good team. Is it guaranteed to even make the finals? No, I don't think so. Miami, they trade away, let's say, Bam. Is that team good enough? Harden and Butler and 
No, I don't think so. It's a good team. Don't get me wrong. It can make the finals just like the Sixers, but I don't think it's going to put them so over the top that they they could beat LeBron and AD no problem. The Nets, they're talking they want Kyrie. Well, then again, I don't still don't think that Harden and Durant, very talented, don't get me wrong, is a guarantee. I still think versus LeBron and AD, I'm still taking LeBron and AD in the finals. Mm. So I think Houston is starting to come round to the fact that they won't ever admit it. But the offer isn't there for a superstar and a haul of picks because all of these teams know that James Harden doesn't put them over the top. And I know that's a crazy thing to say because this is James Harden. This is a perennial MVP candidate. This is one of the greatest shooters the league has ever seen. But the risk isn't there. Now, some people said, well, you know, Toronto took that risk with Kawhi and it paid off. Yeah, of course, we might take that risk and it might work. Embiid and Harden might become an incredible duo that brings us the title. But as you say, why would you trade away a young incredible star like Ben Simmons who as you say is just a couple of tweaks away from being a top 10 player I don't care what anyone says why would you do that it, it just it doesn't you're not pick, you're just putting the phone down both of you are putting the phone down and I think when this reaches ahead of when Houston I think will finally realize they're not getting what they want for James Harden which is is harsh on them it really is because the likelihood is they're going to what trade away James Harden for uh, Tobias Harris or a Tyler Hero none of these are horrible players by the way or a um, Karis Levert or something like that mm. it's harsh on them but unless some other team you know in the background decides to take a risk and throw a superstar at them they're not getting what they want for James Harden yeah and um, I mean again just, just one final point is you know I talked about the whole Simmons and Embiid timeline but there's also the Matisse timeline and the Shake timeline by the time Simmons enters his prime Matisse will be in his what fourth or fifth year Shake will be about the same so it's not just about those two guys. I think the timeline of the whole organization yep. is geared towards how Ben and Joel develop as well. And Harden, look, I think him and Embiid would work fantastically. I really, I really don't. I think that'd be so fun to watch. But also that play style completely changes whether or not will Embiid will like it. There's just, there's just so many variables. And this, this by no means can be interpreted as an indictment on Harden. I think the Rockets are unlucky in the the environment that they're trying to trade in right now, it's, I'm not sure there's a contract out there, which quite matches him or there's, no. a, there's a, I don't think there's a trade to be had for them. And that means they've got to lower their expectations. And I still couldn't, couldn't tell you where he's going to end up. Um, it's no, still I think... to be some, anything readily available. He wants to be on a contender and I can't think of a contender that can really accommodate him. No, I think, I think it's exactly how it is. All of these teams that are heavily linked to James Harden, I think if you're Maury, you're saying, look, here's Tobias, here's a couple of other players, I'm not going to say who, here's some picks. If you don't want it, bye. Like, okay. We, yeah, I know it's James Harden, I know that sounds like a crazy thing to say, but no, I don't think any other team, unless, you know, unless the, as, as Summer said, that things start off really badly for the Sixers and it's just not working, then maybe you throw Ben in. Maybe you just go, do you know what? This isn't working. We'll take James Harden and take our chances. I don't think that's going to happen. I had faith in in those two. But I don't think any of these teams, Miami, Milwaukee, Sixers, um, Nets, I think they're all just sitting there going, all right, Rockets, well, there's your offer. If not, we'll move on. We're still good. We're we're all right. We, We... you know, we all want James Harden on our team, don't get me wrong, but there's no point bastardising your future. There's no point mortgaging your future if you still can't feel that great about winning a title. And James Harden and Joel Embiid is a scary, as you say, scary uh, duo. But I still I still don't know how I feel about them 
making even the final. So it's going to develop. I, I believe Harden's on his way. I don't think he's staying at the Rockets, but I think it's going to be one of the worst trades for a superstar you've probably ever seen. Um, yeah. And I do kind of feel for the Rockets, but if he ends up on the Sixers for someone, then never mind. They'll get over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's James Harden. Right, let's get into it. What I've done here, we've, we've obviously, as I said, we had the schedule released last week, or half the schedule. Um, looking at it from a glance, I think that this is quite friendly for the Sixers now. It makes me a bit fearful for the second half of the of the season, but mm. there's some winnable games. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we always want to start off with a bang. You know, last year we started off against the Celtics, which, of course, is a really fun prospect. But at the same time, Sometimes you perhaps just want to get that first win on the board, just establish yourself, and then just incrementally go up to the harder teams. So, you know, the Wizards, I think, is a good first test. It's a game we should win, but it's just, you know, they, they've got good players. Obviously, they've got Westbrook now, and, you know, I know there's a lot of hate on Westbrook, but let's not pretend he's not still an absolutely fantastic player. Bradley Beal is, I, I'd love him on the Sixers, to be honest. I think that would be the perfect third person, but that's a whole different conversation. You know, good team, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, some decent players Davis Bertanzi I think he you know he shot lights out against us last year when we when we were playing in DC they got some good players and if we're not careful we, we might end up losing but you know it's it's a good start then we've got Knicks Cavs um, Raptors so like I said it's just after the Wizards we got some two what should be easy wins and then we got a good test in the Raptors which it's just nice to ease into the season like that rather than start off with something mental <laughs> i.e. the Celtics yeah yeah, it's um, and it's kind of like when people talk about, oh, this team's gone back to how it was a few years ago. Well, we actually started that, didn't we, against um, against Washington. So I mean, we lost that game, but um, yeah, it, it kind of feels like it's it's <laughs> it's come back round to us. So I've put together a little spreadsheet. I'm gonna let's go for it. We'll rattle through it. You know, I, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, but we'll try and get through it as quickly as we can because obviously there's thirty odd games. I'll put a win or a loss in each column under our names, and let's have a look at our record as we reach. Is it February the break, or is it March? Uh, it's just start of March, yeah. Start um, of March. For yeah. the All Star break, where there's no All Star. That's the break, one, yeah. But, you know, so, you know, <laughs> this is COVID has done some strange things to yeah. the NBA world. Well, so okay, so I, we just you briefly spoke about it, and you know, I feel the same way. So we're both going off with Washington. Good team. They're always quite annoying anyway even before they made um the trade for Westbrook I'm still putting this down as a win I'm sure you're the same yep um I think they'll be better next year I think they're certainly in contention for playoffs whether that's through the play-in or whether that's straight up in the top in the, in the top sort of was it seven because is it eighth place the, the play like I, I need to I mean I watched all of this last it, season but, uh, but I've forgotten already yeah it goes in one ear and out the other to be honest but now you, you, you're along those lines and you know uh, I agree I, I have Washington making the playoffs um, whether that is just for an automatic spot or the playing spot or whoever however they're doing it I, I, I see them being there um, I think they'll be a fun team to watch whether or not they're an actual threat remains to be seen I can't imagine they are but they'll be they'll be a decent team and like I said we've got to take them seriously but the win I believe will come nonetheless yeah I think I think Westbrook's in for a good season I really do I um I quite like that move for him because he's come under a lot of scrutiny and I think that this is kind of a smaller market for him he's he's I know Bill is kind of considered that guy but I can't see him overpowering Westbrook in terms of personality so if that works that, that's a decent team so that's a winner piece and then at the Knicks, I mean, we don't need to talk about this one. 
for very no, long at all. This the has next, to be a win. Yeah, Knicks and Cavs. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it it's, just, it's just it's just two wins you'd hope. Yeah, you know if if it isn't then we're already <laughs> yeah. it's already a little bit worrying. So we're starting off with with three wins there, and then we have a home game. And again, I say this because I don't know is Philly having any fans in it at the moment? Any at all? Is I it, don't know. I mean, I know in the NFL they've got fans, so yeah. I, I'm assuming they might do like a sort of a spread out, socially distanced sort of thing where yeah. A certain percentage of people come into coming can come in. That can make the world a difference, to be honest. That would be be nice. Be nice, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Toronto now. We'll touch on Toronto. Obviously, quite a quiet summer in sense of ins, um, and a bit more um, kind of wow factor with the outs because they obviously lost Ibaka and they lost um, Gasol. Mm -hmm. A lot of people again saying that's a bad move. Write them off. They still make the playoffs, but they're not that good. I, I don't have that with Toronto Raptors. They're never bad. They yeah. are never, never bad. And a lot, I think I remember last year, some, even last year, some reporters were saying they might not make the playoffs. And I'm like, have they not watched Toronto for these last few years? They yeah. always make the playoffs. They're always well drilled. Um, I'm going to put this down as a win because we're at home. And mm-hmm. I'd like to think that we're going to we're going to start off well. But I'm also would not be shocked at all if we lose. What have you got? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've got exactly the same thing as you. I do have a win, but the justification, I mean, is, you know, you're, you know, the Raptors. So it's one thing I've learned from my short period of time as an NBA fan, which has just come up for three years. So I've seen a, a, the, the Raptors do pretty well every every year. It's just never sleep on the Raptors. I think I've seen prediction videos already. People have them finishing quite low down in the standings. I mean, still playoffs, but low down standings. But you can never sleep on them. They're so well organized. The team cohesion is probably is up there with the best. You know, they just re-signed. Yeah, sure, they lost Ibaka. They lost Gasol. And at the five position, they are worse. I mean, Aaron Baines is a good pickup. But you know, you're losing that, that four, five, and uh, that the depth of the four and five position with Ibaka and Gasol. They picked up Fred Van Bleet. He's back. OG Ananobi, um, I'm a really big fan of, not just because he's English, but I do think he's going to improve a lot this year to the point where I actually have him as my most improved player. I really, yeah, Norman Powell, he can put up 20, 30 points on any given night. They've got a good squad. They they can develop players. They've got Nick Nurse, one of the best coaches in the league, Masai Ujiri. If he needs to make a move, he'll make a move, and undoubtedly he'll make the correct one. But for now, I do have this as a win. Yeah, it's. It's a transition season as Toronto, but their transition seasons are kind of different to everyone else's because they're still always good. Right, so the next one, we travel to Orlando. What have you got here? I have a win. Um, Orlando's always a funny one because um, we don't win at the Amway Centre. And uh, ironically, you know, that we did. The only, last time we beat them in Orlando was in the Magic Kingdom. So we can beat them at Disney World. <laughs> We can beat them at Disney World, but we can't beat them uh, on an actual basketball court, which is probably the most sixer thing I've, that's ever happened to this organization. <laughs> but, um, yep. you know, I do have this as a win. They have, you know, like I said, they've had the better of us in the past, but I do think their team is just a bit it's a bit toothless. They've lost Jonathan Isaac, which is a really big loss. I think because of that, they're not going to make the playoffs. They may contend, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Faults, I just don't think you can ever let Faults win against you, just on a point of principle. Um Vucevic is okay, but there's just there's just not enough there. Fournier and Ross, I'm always kind of scared of them because they just seem like the type of players that will go off against us. But there should be a win nonetheless. Well, I've actually gone for a loss. And the reason I've done this is we should be beating Orlando Magic. 
as you say, there's some injuries. I think other teams have got better around them. I think they're going to really struggle to make the playoffs this year. I haven't. I don't even think they will. Um, but as you say, we just seem to struggle against them. They just seem to be a bit of a bogey team. I wonder if Fultz is going to go off against us. Um, and it's just one of those teams, you know, I, I don't, there's something about the Sixers and perhaps this is just because of the Brett Brown era that with every good, there comes some bastard loss a few, <laughs> a few days later. And yeah, I, I, I expect us to be 5-0 like you have selected there but I'm just going to go with that bogey loss because it's because I just think we're going to start off well and it's, it's a very yeah. thing to do to then go and throw one away so next we've got a uh, back-to-back well I don't know if it's a back-to-back but a, a two-game header against Charlotte I've put both of these down as wins because even though I'm sure you'll touch on this Charlotte got a whole lot better they've got a whole lot better um, and I'm excited to see Lamello um, I think he's a really, really exciting player, albeit very raw. Um, and I think people might expect too much from him this year, but I think he's going to be a fun player for many, many years. I still think we're, we're better. It's as simple as that. I think yeah. at home, um, we should be winning. Yeah, this this should be a pretty um, pretty routine win in both of these games. Uh, like you said, I do think Charlotte have gotten better. I really like Lamelo. I've gotten better as my rookie of the year. PJ Washington's a really nice young piece. So is Devontae Graham. Miles Bridges ain't too bad either. Gordon Hayward, I think he will, you know, have about, I don't know, 19 points per game this season. Really, hopefully kick on because, you know, since that injury, you, you, you do want him to do well. I mean, even if he was on the Celtics, you do you never like seeing that sort of stuff. Correct, yeah. But even then, uh, you know, this should be a routine win. Um, so two wins, easy as you like, you'd hope, <laughs> and move on. <laughs> you'd hope, wouldn't you? They're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And we we got a, I was going to say we got a lot of games at home, but actually there was we could have two away games right at the start. But once again, we welcome Washington. What have you got for that one? Um, another win. Uh, I'm quite optimistic with <laughs> with how how we're going to start. Um, don't there are losses coming? Don't you? I don't think we're going to go unbeaten. No, it's not misplaced. I don't think this is misplaced <laughs> wins. I don't think there's bias, but I don't think this is outrageous yeah. bias. Um, but no, yeah, I do have another win here. Um. I mean, of course, the Wizards can beat anyone on their day, so this could easily go the other way. But we should be winning this, and I think we do. I think the home factor. Perhaps I'm overplaying it a bit, but I'm. I I, I like to think it will be similar to what it was last year, and if it is, then there aren't going to be too many home losses. But yeah, it's a win for me. Yeah, I've got the same for the same reasons. It, it should be a win at home. Now I've got. Now this is an interesting one. Because we go to now, what we're going to say in, in in this schedule is that everyone's fit and healthy. We know people are going to get injured. We know people are probably going to get COVID and, and, and bits like that. But we're just going on healthy yeah. games because um, otherwise we could pick this schedule apart completely. Um, I've got a schedule in for an L here because away against KD and, and Irving always um, seems to tear us up. I, I just they're a good team and I just can't see us winning away from home. So yeah. What about you? Um, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I have the Nets making it out of the East. I do have the Bucks topping the East in the regular season, like they always do under Boonholzer, but I think they'll get found out in the playoffs, and I think the Nets will be the ones to find them out and progress on. I think they've got a fantastic team. Look, we don't know what Steve Nash is going to be like as a coach, but I just have this feeling that he's going to do well. Obviously, that's not really based on anything, um, so I could be proved wrong, but he's got the likes of D'Antoni, Udoka behind him that can really you know, lead, show the way and lead him in the right direction. And also KD and Kyrie can offer him some help. You know, Kyrie, we know he's a polarizing figure, but he's, he knows what he's in. When it comes to basketball, you can't, you can't 
ever question the fact that he knows what he's talking about. Every, anything else, yeah, completely, yeah, whatever he's talking about is often probably <laughs> wrong. But, you know, him and KD, <laughs> um, even like DeAndre Jordan, they bring a, a good level of experience that can really help um, help Nash out. And I think that balance will... Um, well, I just think they're going to be a good team throughout the season. Joe Harris, nice player. Jared Allen, nice players. Dean Woody, Levert, the, the lot. And I think, you know, they've got... I think they're just going to do fantastically well. And I am looking forward to seeing them seeing them take the court this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was their, their first... I think they've had two pre-seasons, but... I watched their first preseason game. Really entertaining. They're gonna be fun to watch all year. And as you say with Nash, it's like they don't need him to be the perfect NBA coach. They've already got some experienced kind of assistants. And let's be real, it's KD and Irving like him, and that was the most important thing. So, yeah. um, yep, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them this year. We we know that there might be some defensive woes there, but if they're dropping 140 a game on you every game, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be damn difficult to beat them. Mm. Um, next. This is a tough one because Dem- we got Denver coming to Philly and they're a damn good team and they are a contender. Um, I am actually, I'm going to go with a win. We can easily lose this game. Um, I'm going to go with a win just because of that home factor that may not exist. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I put this in for a win just for the first, I, as we'll get to the further season, I think we lose away from home, but at home, I think we beat Denver. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think if, if you're Joel Embiid from a personal standpoint, you look at this, you circle it before the season even started and say, this is the game where I, pl- I prove to the world that I am the best center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Jokic is a fantastic player and, you know, there there's towns and there's, at a bio, but it's between Embiid and Jokic, let's be real. And Embiid has been questioned a lot, and Jokic is in many respects in the last playoff series. He showed him up. Um, and Embiid's got to be like, well, I am the most, he said it before, I mean, I'm the most dominant player in the league. So this is the game you've got to show it. You've got to go at Jokic, you've got to get 30 points and 15 rebounds or something crazy like that. Jamal Murray's a fantastic player. Millsap's a you know a wise head in that team. Michael Porter Jr. I think he's going to be so fun to watch. Um, but I do think them losing Jeremy Grant is a real loss. Like he was fantastic in the playoffs. I think he's a very good player. And and I do think because of that, depending on the improvement of Michael Porter Jr., the Nuggets have just gotten a tad worse this off season. Just a tad. It's, it's nothing major. Mm. But you know, all these factors considered the Sixers win at home. And I agree with you when we play them in Denver, I expect to lose, but the home factor just about edges it for me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Next one. Now this is a fun one. This is another team I'm looking forward to watching um, this season. We are traveling to Atlanta versus the Hawks. I'm actually going to put this one down as a loss um, because I just think that we seem to get killed. We get killed on the road. Let's be real. Hopefully yep. that will change under doc, but I mean, is still away from home. And I just think you have to be defensively. I, I think we're going to be a great defensive team, but I just away from home against Trey Young and against that. He go, he'll go off on us. It's one of those games. We score 50 points um, mm-hmm. and we'll just have to take a, again, we should be winning this game, but I, I've got this down as an L. What about you? I, I agree. Um, I never liked playing Atlanta. Um, no. Even when they were towards the bottom of the standings last year and indeed the season before, we always seem to travel poorly to them. Um, Trey Young is again the type of guy that'll go off against. I mean, he's the type of guy that'll go off against anyone, but especially against us. Yeah. That sort of mold of player is never good against. Is um, always <laughs> gives us a lot of trouble. Even Kevin Herter, I think his career high is against the Sixers, who's um, 
he's by no means Trey Young levels. That should I feel really like happen. almost every player has got a career high against the Sixers. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, yeah, it's um, it's a bit mental how that all yeah. works out. But no, I like what Atlanta have done this off season. Um, obviously, Gallinari, Bogdan Bogdanovic. I think they're going to be really fun. I do have them making in the playoffs. Admittedly, defensively, they're looking a bit suspect, but then bringing in the likes of Rondo and Dunn brings in that you know defensive experience and just general you know championship experience, which can be invaluable and really help this young team along the way. Fun team. They'll probably, I think they're going to beat us this in this one, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. But yeah, it's a it's a loss unfortunately for me in this one. Yep. Okay. Here's a here's a fun one. Here is a fun one. Because we've got a uh, two games against the Eastern Conference finalist, Miami Heat. Um, damn, they're good. They were really good. Yeah. Um, just, again, I, I've got this down um, as a split. I think we win the mm-hmm. first game. I think we lose the second game. And I think it'll be like that all season now. Miami, I just want to say one thing. is just that wasn't a fluke. I know that was kind of been taken out of context from... Um, was it um, Lowe that wrote it, wasn't it? In that one of the GMs called it a fluke. Listen, yeah. that team, that team was fucking good in the playoffs. They were good all season, but in the playoffs, it was always going to be in the bubble that the teams that I always thought that the teams that came in and just plug and played and played as a team were going to go far. Miami Heat with the perfect representation of the kind of culture and the, um, and the setup to be good in that kind of environment, but. They were a good team. They were a good team. That wasn't just a bubble environment that got them to the finals. That was they were a good team before that. They were a nightmare matchup for most teams in the East. Um and I just think all season, like, it's gonna be a split and if anything, like we could easily lose these games as well. What have yeah. you got? I have a split as well. Um yeah, I completely agree. It wasn't a fluke. I mean, anyone that seems to suggest that a butler for whatever reason was you know, just fluking it a bit. I mean, how can you, especially from a Sixers perspective, how can you possibly think that when we know what he can do? Um, I really like the culture they have. People, everyone's pulling in the same direction. They're just the epitome. I, I think I had this conversation with, I don't remember who it was, but just on, just on social media, I, I, I said, well, are they the best run organization in sports? Not just basketball, in NFL, in football, in baseball, in rugby, in cricket, or wherever. wherever. They, they probably there's an argument to be had. They're just so perfectly well run and it shows by the achievements that they have and how the team plays. And I do have a split. I think we, were, we had fun games against them last year. We beat them on the road. Well, no, we should have beaten them on the road. Sorry. Um, but for a late lazy turnover, hero three, less said about that, but they're better at home. <laughs> Josh Richardson went off against them and then they beat us at the Wells Fargo center. I think a couple day, a couple weeks yeah. later, Yeah, it's going to be tight. It's going to be really like back and forth between them. And that, that's, like I said, that's why I had them down as a split. Yeah, they, hats off to them because, as you say, how they went from having the bleakest future with some of the worst contracts you've ever seen to, you know, to making it to the finals a year later, and you know they're in the sweet states for Yanis, whatever happens there, and you know they might get hardened or whatever. So fair play to Miami Heat because that that's some serious organisations turn that around as quickly as they did. Um, so two away games next and I kind of look at that as going oh you know two away games but it's at Memphis it's at OKC do you agree with me that this has to be two wins you'd think so I think the only one I'd maybe cast out on is the Grizzlies because I think they're often slip under the radar because you think the Grizzlies are they're nothing much but they'll give you a game if you underrate them the Thunder they're in full rebuild mode of course it's the Al Horford revenge tour but um I don't see uh 
much happening there. I think that should be these should be two wins, and I'll stick to my guns and say it will, will be two. Yeah, yeah. Mem- Memphis is a banana skin without a doubt, but I still think we should have too much of them. And OKC, who knows, could be the Al Horford uh, revenge game if he's still there come that time. <laughs> I see, but I still think you know OKC are going to be right down there, aren't they, in the lottery? So yeah, um, I can't. I, it could easily be a loss against Memphis, but I've got it down as two wins. Got to be positive at this time of the season. And now here comes, you know, something that we all have our eye on in the calendar every year. And it's one after the other. It's at home against those pesky Boston Celtics. I, once again, you know, I want to put this down as two wins because I hate them. But I have much like the Heat. I just, I've split this as a, I think we win first and then they react and we lose the second game. What have you got? I have gone speculatively for two wins here. And that is probably because I cannot ever concede to Boston. Therefore, (laughs) I will always back the Sixers winning. I appreciate that. Uh, But no, I think, you know, obviously they swept us and they dominated us and they look fantastic in the playoffs. But we didn't have Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons on Tatum, that's... That uh, that's a matchup that bodes really well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna really t- well. They're gonna turn up and we're gonna turn up. And I think when we both turn up, then well, they'll don't get me wrong. Tristan Thompson is better than Daniel Tice, and we'll put up more of a more of a fight against Embiid. But Embiid will just get his. Um, it's not a contest. That's not a contest. Yeah, it's um. Look, this could easily go the other way. It could easily be a split. Don't get, it's not cut and dry, and I am just saying this partly in jest and partly because I don't want to give Boston any any credit whatsoever. But if I'm being completely objective, it can be anything. But I will just, you know, put that fan hat back on again and say this is going to be two wins. <laughs> no, and like, listen, I I don't. This isn't biased speaking. Like, I believe that Boston Celtics have got worse this off season. I really, really do, especially depth wise. But they're a bit like the Raps, right? They're never bad. They are just never bad. Yeah. You cannot count the Celtics out. And that Celtics could finish second this year, and I wouldn't even blink an eye at it. it no. I really wouldn't. I look on paper like I did last year and go, yeah, the Celtics are getting worse. Like, But they they could easily just beat any team on their day. They're so well drilled. Mm. So I'm going to put a split. I'm, bla- I'm glad you've gone with the wins because at least you know, we can stick the fingers up to them that way. <laughs> um, moving on. Oh, God, this is, this is a horrific, like... Two two away games, isn't it? Back to again. I keep saying back to back, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah. Against Detroit Pistons. I mean, what a what the fuck is going on there in Detroit? I'm putting this down as two wins because anything yeah. else, I will be bloody angry. Yeah, they're again another team in full rebuild mode, and I think regardless of what happens against the Celtics, if worst case scenario has done end up, does end up in two losses, well at least we got two wins to follow that uh will boost the confidence again. The Pistons, they're yeah, not much to shout about. I like what they did in terms of the draft. Sadiq Bey, I think, is a really cool player. Isaiah Stewart, I think, you know, he'll develop nicely. Killian Hayes, I think he's a, you know, he's a, there's a shout for him to be rookie of the year because I think he apparently is starting and letting Derek Rose be sixth man. And sooner or later, Rose will probably be traded. But, you know, if we're getting beaten beaten by kids, then there's a serious cause for concern. This, um, this should be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. And the next one, this is an exciting one. And... I have got, well, actually, I'll tell you who the team is. It's the champions. The LA Lakers are coming to Philly. Um, now, we actually played really well against them last year. I think at home we beat them, didn't we? And that, was we that did, without, yeah. Was that without Embiid or was that without Simmons? <sighs> was, think... One of them was missing, I believe. No, the, had... was it? Yeah, no, you, yeah, you are right. I think, yeah, I think it was, I want to say it was without Embiid. Um, yeah. don't, 
don't quote me on that but uh, yeah it's um i think i have i have a loss here um the lakers have just somehow improved they've improved with what i thought was little to no cap space and they've made a title team better where normally the title teams consolidate they've gone out and made it better and Look, when it, when people start praising the Lakers and Rob Palinka for all the moves they've made, I mean, don't get me wrong, they have done well, but I hate, I hate it as if it's some sort of underdog story. It's like you're the Los Angeles Lakers, people yeah, exactly. take pay cuts to come play for you. This is, it's not difficult to sell someone. Oh, do I come play for the Lakers? We're the reigning champions, and also, hey, we're the Lakers. It's, you know, it's not hard to get someone to play for Lakers, but nonetheless, he's done it. Schroeder's a great pickup. Gasol, you know, more experience, fantastic player. I mean, yeah, he's a bit past it, but he'll bring something to this team. Montrez, I'm a sixth man of the year. I mean, LeBron and AD, we all know how good they are. I have this as a loss. It could go the other way, but I do have this as a loss. Yeah, same. You know, as we say, we're talking about fit and healthy teams here, and I think the fit and healthy Lakers, you know, we have to be at an absolute best. So if we are, we can beat them, but I'm going to schedule this one in for a loss. Mm. Next one. Now, obviously, this was one that I think we were few months ago well, a bit longer than a few months ago but we were really really excited to see now obviously for poor old cat it's obviously been a really really rough few months yeah. for him um so i think the gloss off of a rematch between him and Embiid is we we don't really need to hype that as much now considering what he's gone through mm, yeah absolutely. but i still think it will be in his mind i think he's gonna have a great season by the way i really really do i think he, he's gonna he's been through a lot that that yeah that guy uh my heart goes out to him and his family because, you know, that's just crazy. Um, but I've actually scheduled this one in for loss because I still think I don't. there's going to be no fight. I don't think Embiid's going to say a word to that game. And if he does, it will piss me off because I think yeah, he's got to show some respect. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think Cat needs to have that revenge game. Um, I think we're better than Timberwolves. I really do. But at, away, I, Cat surely got to have that game. Now he's got to he's got to show Embiid what he's going to do. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I mean, like you said, I mean, obviously we all, we all enjoyed the Embiid v Towns fight last year, but obviously Towns has had a, a really tough year. And we also saw that Embiid did reach out to him and say, you know, yeah. you know, my thoughts are with you and all that. So that, you know, it takes the adversarial nature out of it and understandably so. And at the end of the day, rightfully so, because there are a hell of a lot more important things than basketball yep. and petty fights. So this won't have the same allure that it did last year. And the T-Wolves are a fun team. I think I like Russell, obviously Towns. I, I agree he's going to only going to improve and he's going to start knocking on the door of the best centre in the in the league sooner or later. He is a very good player. Um, Anthony Edwards will be good to see how he goes. I really like Malik Beasley as well. I think, you know, he's sort of slept under the radar. I think he's a very good, uh, sh- well, he is a very good shooter. And I think he can really get, what, 15 to 20 points a game quite easily. Ricky Rubio was a fun pickup, you know, rolling back the years again for the T-Wolves. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do have this one as a loss as well, just because we've got two road games coming up, which just look a bit slippery. Um, one of them, we're going to have to say there's a loss somewhere, and I'm going to ha- have it here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that, those three away games that I see as they're winnable games, but we're not going to win all three. And I think the Timberwolves are the most likely of the three having, having to travel out, out to Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I've got those loss as well. Then we obviously go to Pacers and Charlotte. Now I put these both in as wins. Um, I'm kind of doubting myself a little bit because the Pacers are a bit of an anomaly where they're they're a good team. They're a good team, but it's been a weird off season for them. 
It really yeah. has. I, I I don't know what's going on there. I mean, we're hearing of a bit of a fractured dressing room. We're hearing, I mean, there's been a change of coach and anyone that comes from Raptors organisation, you you expect good things from. They're still a good team. I mean, I know, I think TJ Warren's just picked up an injury, hasn't he? Or I don't know how long he's had that injury, but I've just heard about it anyway. So whilst I don't think they're going to have quite as good a season, especially as other teams around them have got better in the East, I'm going to put these both down as wins, but they either one of those teams or even both could be losses. Yeah, I I agree. Um, the Pacers seem to be the only team in the East from that, you know, that, that top eight, top 10 that remains stagnant this year. Of course, they could improve, but in the sense that it really does depend on what Oladipo comes back. Is it going to be the all-star Oladipo of two seasons ago? Or is it going to be the one that just can't quite find his feet? And obviously, we all hope that it is um, the one from two seasons ago. And that's not just because I drafted him in fantasy basketball. Um, I do, you know, I do sincerely want him to be back to his best. But this is a bonus and turn of it. Does that work? I don't know. Brogdon, I really like. I think he's a really, really good player. Very underrated. TJ Warren, yeah, we know how good he is. I mean, less said about him, the better. Um, <laughs> we, 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 they've got great players and they can beat anyone on their day. But I do have this as two wins. I mean, we got the Hornets next. We've spoken about them, and that should be pretty cut and dry as well. So that's two wins for me. Yep, yep, right. Interesting one because I can never quite figure out what's going to happen with this kind of game. So I'm gonna. We've obviously got Portland Trailblazers coming to Philly. Now I'm gonna put it down as a win, but. That is the kind of fixture I'm just like, what the hell is the score? Who's winning that game? Yeah. Because you never quite know what Portland are going to do. We know how good they are. But I'm just, because of the home advantage, I'm just going to give it to us. And if we, in a way, I'll give us a loss. Yep. Uh, again, I've got the same. Uh, what I do know about Portland, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was fun last year with the Cookmas buzzer beating three. I mean, that's probably one of the highlights of last season, such was the... <laughs> the bad nature of last season, but that, you know, that was fun. Um, but the season before, you know, they actually swept us, including at the Wells Fargo center. They're a very good team. I like, I really like, obviously we like Lily. We like, we like McCollum, Gary Trent, I think is going to have a very good year, um, a good breakout year. Show what he could do in the, the bubble. I think he's going to really kick on. They just got Covington as well. So a very nice pickup. Um, Nurkic will be back fully fit. And I think, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm the same stance as you. It, I am, my decision as to, to having a win solely rests on the fact that we're playing in South Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we welcome, is that Nets again? I oh, know we were away at Nets and now we welcome Nets to, to Philly. I'm, we can beat them at home. I believe we can. Um, <clears throat> but I'm actually going to put this in as a loss just because off the back of a difficult game against Portland, I haven't got the dates here, so I don't know how close they are together. Um, I want us to win that, and I I did think about putting a win in the column, but I just if we're coming off the back of three wins and then we play in the nets, I feel yeah. like there's a loss there's a loss coming, and I yeah, it has to be the nets. Yeah, that's a bridge. I think that might be a bridge too far. I mean, I, the schedule I'm looking at does have the dates, so we have got the Hornets on the third of Feb, then we've got uh, the Trailblazers on the fourth, and then we have got the Nets on the sixth. That, right, yeah, that's that's a, tough. That's a that's congested. A tough yeah, that's a tough stretch, and it's very congested. And I think you're right. We might just run out, might just to run out of steam. Um, part of me does want to give the win because I think if we're if we're fresh and we don't have that congestion, we probably, well, not probably, we 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 may we may take the win. But um, yeah, I think this might just be a loss. Yep. Okay, and it's that that time that every Eastern Conference supporter dreads, and that is that that trip out west where 
watching games. If you want to watch them live, it goes at 3 a.m. And we're playing better teams than we do in the Eastern Conference. We've got our Western trip, and that is at the Kings, at Portland Trailblazers, at Phoenix Suns, and at the Utah Jazz. So what we'll do is I think we'll just hit this as a run. Yep. Um, I'll go first and I'll get your thoughts and, and you'll obviously give me your, your run. I'm, I'm going to go with, we're going to beat the Kings. I think we'll get mm-hmm. out there. I don't, I think the Kings are going to have a pretty rough season. If I was them, I'd be tanking away and trying to get something better. Um, and then this is pessimistic, but I've actually put us down for losses for the rest of the road trip. I just don't fancy us against those teams. Portland Suns, Jazz, don't get me wrong. I think we can, we can win against the Suns. Suns have got better, but I still think we're better. Um, I think we could beat Jazz. I just don't think we will away from home. And it always kind of, I kind of feel like we just don't do well out West. What's your thoughts? I think I echo everything you've just said, to be honest. Kings, mm-hmm. yep, they're going to be going to do pretty bad. I have Luke, I don't think Luke Walton will still have his job by the time we play him. I think he's the first first uh, coach to get fired. Um, but even then, regardless of who they bring in, they're still going to be pretty poor. Um, yeah, I have us losing against the Trailblazers. I have us losing against the Suns. I'm going to say a loss to the Jazz, but if we're going to beat anyone out of that stretch, I would say them. Look, they're a good team, but there's just something about them that I think probably makes them a bit more susceptible to a loss against us than any of the others. Suns, I really like what they've done. Jay Crowder, Chris Paul. you know, Yeah, they're going to be fun, aren't they? Yeah, Mikael Bridges. I mean, the fact that he's not a sixer still frustrates me and still haunts me <laughs> to this day. But they've got a really good roster. I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. Um but yeah, this stretch is going to be a real test of character, and I think it will just yeah, it will just be the Kings for a win, to be honest. And the rest, unfortunately, I'm predicting a loss. Yeah, it's I agree with the Jazz. I just think last game of a Western stretch is normally like they've got their heads on the aeroplane home, haven't they? They're already yeah. thinking they're thinking of their own beds. So that's that's why I put it down as an, as a loss. Um, then we've got two um, two home games. We welcome Houston Rockets who. Who knows what they're going to look like, but we're going to carry on as if Harden's still there and so on. Um, what have you got for Rockets and then uh, against the Chicago Bulls at home? Um, I have two wins. Um, we're going to want to bounce back. I think the fans will demand that we bounce back after the predicted poor run out west we're going to have. Um, I think the game against the Rockets is going to be somewhat challenging, but a game we should win nonetheless. I think... Harden will drop thick 50 against them for us. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> that'll be a bit, that'll be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? But nah, even if Harden's, <laughs> even if Harden's playing for them, it's, I think that should be a win. Bulls, I don't really know where the Bulls go from here. Billy Donovan's a good coach, but they're a bit of an iffy team. I think some people are high on them. Some people think, oh yeah, they're going to make playoffs. I don't see it. No. I think Patrick Williams just looked quite promising. Kobe White, I think will improve. Levine, I think I can just see him getting frustrated and wanting out oh, soon. So, someone freeze that Levine, please. Yeah. Him. He needs yeah. to be a better team. You know, Wendell Cardo's a, re- a really good five. Uh, Markinen, people are very high on him, but I'm not sure. If, I, I haven't watched the most Chicago Bulls, so people can feel free to tell me where I'm wrong here. But I'm just not sure what it what his ceiling is. Um, I think you know he's quite defensively limited. So is he just gonna? Is he just a really good stretch for? Um, perhaps that's me not doing too much justice but that's a whole different conversation i just think it'll be two wins that's the main thing we can take away from that yep i've got the same um i still think you know if hard we are 
obviously saying that Harden's still there, I just think that's still going to be a mess. That's still yeah. going to be on. That's going to be ongoing. So, oh um, yeah, that, no, absolutely. That, that that has to be two wins there. Um, and now this one gives me nightmares a little bit, um, because it's say I don't know if it's a back to back. You're actually looking at the dates, but two games away from home against the um, maybe the Toronto Raptors. It the might ta- still the be Tampa the Tampa Bay, Bay Raptors. The Tampa Bay Raptors. Yeah. I I would Im- I I've got this feeling that. Toronto might be playing in Tampa Bay for pretty much the whole season, but yeah, I think so. That's a that's a question for the science and vaccines to to work their magic. But even in Tampa Bay, this could easily be two losses. I'm going to split it. I, I'm going to go with we lose the first game and we retaliate and win the second game. What have you got? I've got the same. I think split. Obviously, we you know we we talked about how good the team the Raptors are, and if we're playing this in Tampa or Toronto, it's going. to be tough i mean it's probably gonna to be tougher if it wasn't toronto but even then i'm assuming this is going to be in tampa and i have it as a split so yeah yeah that's toronto yeah that's toronto um thank god uh, or tampa bay um yeah. <laughs> although i think we'd have one more wouldn't we against them do we play them four times or is that because of the yeah uh, i'm not sure yeah. yeah i'm not sure how this how the schedule's shortened and what games they've taken away normally speaking we would play them four times so we'll, i'm not sure uh, i just don't know how they're how they're doing it this year what games they're taking away yeah. Well, for the first half of the schedule, that's Toronto off our minds. Mm. Um, next is one that I'm looking forward to. Um, Luca and the gang are coming to Philly. Um, now, I'm going to explain my thinking behind this because I'm going to put us down as a loss, even though we can win and I want us to win. But I don't know about you, but I'm looking at the three games after the Mavs. And I, I have this feeling that perhaps some of these Sixers players have their eye on the break and think, well, you know, we might have a scheduled loss against the Mavs because then we got three winnable games after that. What do you think? I think you're right. We don't do well against the Mavs. I mean, of, since Luke has been drafted, I want to say we've lost four out of four against them. It's, it's, at, the, at the very least, it's three out of four. There are one of, what, two people to beat us at the Wells Fargo Center last year. They're a really good side. Porzingis, if he's is a good player. Obviously, we're assuming he's fat. I know he's injured now, but for the sake of this argument, we're just assuming it. And I think he's fantastic. Jay Rich is returning. Yeah. Um, you know, Lucas just... He'll get a great reaction, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with no, we've got no no issue with Jay Rich. Um, you know, wish him all the best. Luca, we know we know how good Luca is. I really like the... the just the role players. I've got Maxi Kleber, I really like. Um, Dwight Powell's solid uh, backup five when Paul Zingas is injured, which unfortunately seems to be quite frequently. I think I'm going to have this as a loss as well. I don't know why I sounded so happy about that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got it. I've got it as a loss. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching them. I think that they are, they're a genuine contender last year. It was just kind of, I feel like they were finding their way in, weren't they? And like, I like them. I, I think uh, they're uh, yeah. going to be a damn good team to watch. And obviously I, there isn't really anyone that can dislike Luca in my opinion. Um, and then we've got the final three games all at home. Um, it's Cavs, Indiana and jazz. And I, We'll be very pissed off if we don't go into the break with three wins there. Um, what about you? I think you've hit the nail on the head again. I got that as a win-win-win. Um, look, Jazz, we've spoken about them briefly. We've spoken about the Pacers, Cavs. We don't really just touch on them. They're a rebuild. They've got Sexton. They've got Garland. They've got Okoro. They still, for whatever reason, have Love. And they still have Drummond, who... Actually, funny enough, he just hit a half-court shot yesterday. I can't believe was, that. And I the arrogance. Like, Did you see the arrogance on his face afterwards? Like, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, I think that that's that's just about summarizes 2020. This is a 
this is the year when Andre Drummond hits hits half court shots like it's nothing. That's um I want to get off. He's gonna have um, to try more of them around Embiid because he can't. <laughs> <play the Seattle laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know this we're, we're more focused on the pace and the Jazz. We've spoken about how good they are. Jazz Jazz more so. You know Donovan Mitchell. I think he's only going to improve. I think they're going to have Bogdanovich back. Boyan Bogdanovich, who's a really underrated player. I really like him. You know, we know how good Go- Gobert is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I, I just have I, I have three wins here. I think they're good teams, but at the end of the day, we're better. Or at least we should be. I don't want to, you know, touch wood. Yeah, I mean, we, we're coming on should be's, and with these schedules, there's always wins that you, you don't think you're going to win, and there's always losses that you think, I hate this team, can't believe they've done that to me, which is going to happen. It's, we just, it's just a pure speculation, isn't it? But So that's, we're there. We've made it to the halfway stage, and as I said, I think for the first half of the season... This is nice for the Sixers because this hopefully can get us some momentum, right? This, you know, I'm judging that if this first half of the season is as nice as this, then the second half of the season might be a little bit nastier. But if we've racked up the wins the way we're hoping, we should be in a nice position. Yeah. Um, we have, we, yeah, I mean, you are right. I think the second half is going to be a bit more of a struggle. Um, we still have, have yet to play the Bucks, and I'm assuming there's going to be at least, what, two or three games where we're playing them. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, that's only be one or two max. But there are still some people left to play. We're going to play Celtics again, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the, th- the thing is, in both the West and the East, people have strengthened to the point where I would say the only guaranteed wins you have is the Knicks, the Cavs, OKC and Detroit. And the rest yeah, the, of them is, is fair game, really. The league has got stronger. And that's great news. That's great news because, you know, a couple of years ago, the East was a joke, wasn't it? I mean, if you wasn't playing a playoff team, it was a blowout win. So yeah. um, it's nice to see that it should be a bit more competitive. I think that the playing game obviously helps with that as well. Um, so looking at our records, now I know we <laughs> we said at the start of this podcast, so, you know, expectations are lower. They're exciting, what we have hopefully going into this season, but they're lower. Um, our records are as this, we believe, as we speculated at the halfway stage. We've got me as a 24 and 13 team, and we've got you as a 26 and 11 team. Now, okay. that that could well be first or second in the East, right? Depending on, I haven't looked at the other team schedules, but I'm assuming yeah. that ours is one of the easier in the East for the first half of the season. Yeah, you, you definitely think so. I mean, again, what, you know, say say for we think, well, we both seem to be unanimously agreeing that the second half will be will be tougher. Yeah. So, you know, say you doubled those wins for this and said and then took away a bit of them and said, that's what we're going to finish on around, you know, 45 win mark. Uh, 72 games. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair expectation to be after, you know, the 40, 45 win. 50 would be fantastic. But, you know, let's just reel it in a bit. Um, So I think that's what that's what we're projecting yeah. Well, that's and, what and, I'm projecting. And we're and projecting it on, on fit and healthy players right now, right? Yeah. We know that something's yeah. going to happen this season, which we obviously we pray it doesn't. Um, but before, you know, if anyone that's not a Philly fan listening to this podcast and hangs, you know, presses the off button and goes, what a bunch of biased tossers that we are, yeah. I go back and listen. Like that, I, I, I don't think anything we said here is outrageous, I think. And as you say, that, that should even itself out a little bit more in the second half of the season. So we could be very well second third maybe even top i don't know how the season's going to go at the halfway stage but expect that to drop off in the second half and i'm going to ask you now actually just to finish off this this nice bumper sort of first podcast that we've done i know it's very very hard right now especially in the east but what what's your top 
eight right now in the East. What what are you going to go with? Sorry to put you on the spot because I didn't it's actually sorry, tell you this was coming. No, no this is okay because I've actually got this prepared because yes. me being the sad basketball fan I am, I, I do this <laughs> regularly. I'm, I keep myself up all night just worry, worrying what I'm going to put down. But And it's all I, completely pointless, especially it, it in a is. season like this where, you know, last season Miami finished fifth and they made, they were the best team in the East. So yeah. more than ever, it's, um, you feel so, like regular season's a bit crazy. Mm. But what have you got? So I've got top bucks. They're just a good regular season team. That's what Boonholzer does. But, you know, I've, I've said on my reservation about them in the playoffs. Nets, second. Yep. Third, I think this is where somebody made it. I have the Raptors third. I think a lot of people want to put the, the Heat or the Celtics or maybe even the Sixers. But the reason I got the Raptors here is because they just always are here. They're, they're just always there or thereabouts. The Heat are a very good team when Jimmy Butler's playing at his best. And Jimmy Butler plays at his best in the playoffs. So yep. that was my logic behind that. Then I've got the Sixers fourth. Um, I think this would be a bit of a renaissance, or I'm hoping this would be a bit of a renaissance for us. Heat fifth, um, they, they'll come alive when they need to come alive. I don't doubt that. Um, the Celtics, I have sixth. Um, I mean, that's interchangeable with the Heat. That could easily be interchangeable with the Heat. But um, like, uh, and you touched on it before, I don't like the, the depth. I mean, Teague, their bench is what? Teague, Tice or Thompson, whoever, whoever's um, not starting. And then you've got a, the two Williamses, Langford, Peyton Pritchard, uh, and Neesmith. It doesn't that's, scream, doesn't scream yeah. greatness, does it? I but, mean, no, I like a couple of those young players, Neesmith mm-hmm. especially, but that's, that's just not going to And they'll step it. up. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. They'll yeah. step up. But, well, we hope not. But, you know. Yeah, we were talking two years ago that who was going to beat the Celtics because they had the greatest depth you've probably ever seen in the NBA. So it has dropped off. I don't think anyone can deny it. Yeah, and I think this is where it gets perhaps a bit controversial. Seventh, I've got the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Eighth, I've got the Hawks just about sneaking in over the Pacers in ninth. Um, I, I think the Hawks is just the only thing about the Hawks. Well, I really like the Hawks. I said earlier, I'm, I'm really high on the Hawks. It's going to all come down to their defense. And, you know, they can put up 140, but they can also concede 150. Um, yep. The Wizards, you know, Westbrook, like I said, people love to hate on him. And that means people don't quite appreciate how good he is and what he does for teams. He'll get you to the playoffs. If he can get the OKC Thunder to the playoffs, admittedly he's had help along the way. But if he can get them to the playoffs, he can get the Wizards to the playoffs, no problem. And then the Pacers, we talked about how they stag, they're a bit stagnant. And that's why I've got them just missing out. But, you know, it can all change. There yeah. are so many teams there or thereabouts. But that's why what I've got for the upcoming season. Yeah, that, that, those top six, they could... You know, we 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 put in these names in, but I feel like a lot of people kind of agree that the Bucks will probably go on and finish finish first. Mm. Um, but other than that, two two to through to sixth, it could be a toss up of any of those teams in my opinion. So whoever can find some form and and get there, I, I don't think any of those teams will actually be stressing too much about where they finish either, especially if you know fans aren't back come playoff times and stuff like that. They just want to get their teams fit and healthy for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Bucks first. I've gone with Nets second. Um, I've gone with Miami third, and as you say, I think um, Miami are no joke. Um, but as you say, I think they, someone like Jimmy comes alive more in the playoffs. Net second, maybe perhaps some people might be a little bit. I think a lot of people got them lower, but it's KD and, and Irvin. As long as they stay healthy, they're, they're beating teams like defensively, yeah. defensive woes or not, they're beating teams. Um, I've got Raps fourth. Again, um, they're just good. They're just consistently good, as we've said before. So even though I think they're weaker, I just don't think they're that weak that they're suddenly going to drop off and be crap. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I've got the Sixers in fifth. Now, I, you know, that I think they could be above wraps, in my opinion. But, 
you know, there's still some stuff to figure out. Yeah, um, sixth got Celtics for the same reason as you. I think they're a good team. I think they're going to give anyone game on their day, but depth issues are a worry for me. And I've actually gone with seventh and eighth. I've gone seventh for Wizards. I think they're going to be better than people think. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they've got Hawks. I've got Hawks actually not in the playoffs, and that's just because defensively, I just think they're going to be horrendous, like yeah. beyond help. Um, so I've gone Wizards seventh, Pacers eighth, just because you know, depending on Pacers' health, they're just a little bit more locked and loaded, ready to go. They've they've been there and done that, but they could easily be beaten in the playoff, um, in the playing game, couldn't they? By the Hawks in my oh, opinion, yeah. Or, oh yeah, you know, or Magic, <clears throat> maybe not. Um, <laughs> so that's what I've gone for. I just I actually think the Wizards, whilst they're not an amazing team, I, I just think they'll be quite consistently good this year. So that's my top eight. None of it will probably be right. There'll be a surprise. There'll be a shock. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be good. Can't, like you said, just can't wait. Roll roll on. Yeah, and we get to watch some Sixers basketball tonight, so I can't wait for that. But that's we'll, we'll, we'll call it a, a day there. It's been a nice, long um, bumper edition for the first ever Sixers Bowl podcast because it's the it's a season preview. It's exciting. We've got a lot to talk about. But Ben, thanks so much for coming on, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk Sixers basketball with you. Um, if you could tell the good people where they can find you online, that would be great. Yep. So um, UK76ers at UK76ers on Twitter. So as you can imagine, it's just Sixer talk, really. Um, feel free to follow as a Sixer fan. If, if you're not a Sixer fan i'd like to think my content's just for everyone really i mean i don't focus solely on sixes it'll be on anything and everything that comes to mind there is a youtube channel which is uh, linked to the twitter it's been a bit dormant of late i've just had a finished dissertation but with the season starting up um it should be good to go admittedly the production quality ain't gonna be great but the main thing is it's just me talking basketball running basketball and just getting stuff off my chest which is it's, it's more for me than it is for <laughs> anyone watching but um now nah, if, if you know people want to watch it check that out it'd be greatly appreciated but yeah, that's me. Um, like I said, thank you, thanks very much for having me on. I'm sure we'll chat again in the future, buddy. Um, oh, definitely. There's never a quiet moment. There's never a dull moment. No. There could be an emergency podcast any moment with the, with the Sixers. But um, yeah, make sure you go and follow Ben's all of Ben's pages at YouTube channel. It's going to have lots of good stuff happening this year. Find me online anywhere um, mostly active on twitter at sixes bobby underscore but you can find it on youtube and all those other bits but thanks to anyone and everyone who is listening we'll be back soon no doubt but ben thanks again once thank again. you on and we'll see you guys soon